We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! Woo! 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 guys! And welcome to the... It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what number we're on anymore, realistically. I mean, it's just... It's a number now. Um, but we have a third person in our little panic room here. A uh, very special guest. A very, very special Don't guest. Don't really have an intro plan, but we have the incomparable Ryan Gorsey. Well, nice to be here, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for thanks for inviting me here to the casa, and uh, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's, let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's get this going. Uh, so, how's your week been, Ryan? Pretty good. Uh, busy. You know, uh, when you're covering three sports, and when they all have that nice little confluence where baseball, basketball, and football all are intersecting at the same time, that makes things kind of interesting. And then, of course, there's always recruiting to keep track of. So, uh, you know, Cal baseball uh, winning winning the series down in Texas, three three games to none, and they're in the process of. Uh, obviously, you'll be listening to this when the game is over, but. Uh, Cal's trying to come back from a seven-run deficit here, and then of course we got spring football starting on Monday, and then we head out to the Pac-12 tournament on Wednesday. Cal gets that by on Wednesday, which I think is really important. It's a hell of a lot easier to win three games instead of four in four days. So, gives me and John Doss and the Bear Republic podcast, uh, our podcast, some time <laughs> to to drink at whiskey down and smoke cigars and go to strip clubs and have a whole hell of a lot of fun in uh, in Vegas there for a day. Yeah, gives you more, more time to. Relax and enjoy yourself on the strip. So, it sounds like fun. Yeah, considering the last time I was there, I was thirteen. It's a new concept for me. <laughs> it's very different. I mean, I, I I was there when I was 13, 12, 13, and then, you know, then ten years later, I'm back there doing the Pac-12 tournament. I'm like, ooh, this is different. <laughs> well, it looks a little better now. <laughs> well, the old the MGM theme park is gone. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the fun dungeon at the. Uh, <laughs> At the Excalibur has a whole new meaning for okay. me, and uh, and all the fun little rides and stuff in the Luxor were gone. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. Well, uh, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't you you don't want to talk about the fun dungeon? Um, a little, we, little we about the fun keep, dungeon. We have to keep this a little bit PG. <laughs> no, I've stretched those. Boundaries. The fun dungeon. It's where you win little stuffed animals and oh. carnival games. Yeah, it's not that kind of fun dungeon. You no. dirty son of a. He's talking about Circus Circus. Oh. That's a different kind of fun dungeon. <laughs> That's where fun goes to die. 
where fun is done. Oh, oh boy. All right. Uh, let, let's get into this. Um, we'll start with some football talk, uh, just because Ryan's here as well. Uh, spring football starts up next Monday, I believe, uh, is our first open practice. I think I believe it's at 3.30 p.m. Yep, 3.30. Yeah, so if you guys want to check it out, uh, it'll be at Memorial. Just come come by. Uh, some of us will be there, yeah. I think. Say hi to dogs on your way in. Yeah, yep. Um, but let's go through this. Uh, with spring spring camp coming up, uh, let's talk about some expectations we have of camp, some surprises, maybe some X factors uh, we think just might um, show themselves uh, during the spring camp. So, Ryan, do you have any just broad expectations going into spring camp? Uh, there will be football played. <laughs> There I surely be, hope so. There will be three practices <laughs> a week for a total of fifteen. Um, no, I, I, you know, it's spring football is kind of one of those things that a lot of fans get excited about. And reporters, when we get moderately uh, interested in, because I mean, you have to remember, you know, three quarters of your recruiting class is not going to be there. Yes, Cal does have nine early enrollees, which is huge. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of guys. I'm not sure if that's including Marlo Sean Franklin or not, but whether it is or not, it's eight or nine and. You still have, you know, you're bringing in so many guys. I mean, you're, you know, Jordan Duncan and Melky Stovall and, and so many guys that you're bringing. Rusty Becker, Max Gilliam. So many guys. Impact guys. Right so many guys that. that are going to be involved. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Vesey is a guy that Sunny Dykes has talked about a lot as being, you know, not only, not only could he replace Darius Powell on the outside, he could replace Steven Anderson on the inside. He could be a tight end. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, it's going to be our first chance to see these guys get some early starts for some of the guys that need more time to develop, like uh, Jake Curran and folks like that. Well, Jake Curran, you're going to wait a year, yeah, uh, he's, one way or he's the other. Big. He, I like me. He is a Redwood graduate, and you're kind of not playing against the highest of competition at no. CAL. Watching watching Jake's highlights, and I love Jake. Uh, he's, he's one good. of the earliest commits. Great kid. Uh, watching his highlights is like watching Andre the Giant wrestle midgets. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's really sad. It's the WrestleMania two battle royale. Yeah, it is just. I mean, when does the clown come in? He he's so dominant, and he's just not playing anybody good. And so it's going to take a while for him to get used to the level of competition. But he's a big kid, and the thing that that strikes me about Curhan the most is that since I met him way 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 back, like a year and a half, two years ago, his body's completely changed. I mean, he's become he's gotten so much leaner. He was kind of a roly poly, really a lot of bad weight um, early on, and he's really leaned out. His chest is broader, his waist is narrower. So you know, you're you're seeing a transformation. And I'm sure when he gets in with David Harrington, things are going to change that much more. Push into the limit there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so so the, I guess the thing about spring football that I'm most excited about is, is seeing the new guys and kind of getting my eye into some of these kids. And of course, everyone wants to talk about the football, the uh, the uh, the quarterback battle. Yeah. Exactly. That is, um, that's the big that's the big question mark going into this one. And so on that point, uh, we five have five guys or six guys in that battle. Exactly. Yep. Um, we have a new OC. That's yeah. Yeah. You know, I think most people know that Spaff. by now. Yeah. Um, how much of an impact do you guys see him in terms of input during spring camp? Will he will he take a seat back? Will he kind of see how things work with the the coaching staff that's already there, or does he go you know full full on hands on with the entire team going into spring? What do you guys expect? 
Well, uh, I, I think that the, the good thing about having a younger guy, and Spavitol is only 31, yeah. uh, you know, a year and a half older than me, and he's making 11, 12, 13 <laughs> times more than I am. Um, the, the thing that, that strikes me most about, about him is that he's a very laid-back guy, and that kind of makes me think that he will wind up being, I, I guess you could say Sonny will be able to mold him, I think, as a play caller, and uh, philosophically, I think that's really his weak point. As a play caller, I think as a coach, as a quarterback coach, he's very, very good. You look at the guy; he's the guys he's coached, at least in college. You know, he's one hell of a recruiter. We, we we can't speak to Brandon Whedon in the pros, but uh, <laughs> Brandon Whedon was pretty doggone good in college. Yeah. Uh, Geno Smith, pretty doggone good in college. Johnny yep. Manziel, pretty doggone good in college. Yep. And you look at the guys that he has coached; he certainly has a good pedigree. You remember Johnny Manziel's numbers at Texas A and M were better insane. than the year that he won that he Heisman. won the Heisman yeah. under Spavitol. Now, uh, the thing that I find interesting about, about Smav, and we, we, we sat down for about half an hour and had a really nice long talk, and I talked to his father for another half hour. Uh, he comes from a line of defensive coaches. So he's got that hard-nosed background to him, but he's they call him kind of the orphan of the, of the family because he's, <laughs> he's the one kid uh, who went offense. Uh, but his grandfather was, uh, was Joe Namath's quarterback's coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, there, there is there, there is football in this guy's blood. Uh, he was a quarterback. You know, he started life as a quarterback, then had three shoulder surgeries, and figured, well, I'm not going to be a quarterback <laughs> at the next level. Uh, so he wound up being a punter. He just wanted to be a punter just to just to get in, just stay on the team, just to stay on the team, yeah. and just to travel. Punters uh, are people too. Yeah, barely. <laughs> and um, and. This is a guy who's who's seen a lot of football. His dad actually, uh, his dad got his first high school head coaching job at the age of twenty six. So wow. this is a family that that is is very very steeped in football, and so I think there's a lot of really good philosophy in his head. Although most 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 of it is defensive. <laughs> Uh, I think Sonny will be able to mold him as a play caller. I think what we're going to see, and Sonny said, hey, what you're going to see on the field is not going to be appreciably different. You might see some additional uh, tight end set, you know, true tight end sets. There's going to be more under center work. Um, and really, that those are, those are the two biggest differences is there will be a little more tight end stuff, and there will be a little more under center stuff. But it's going to depend on who the quarterback is. And, you know, you have, let's see, uh, let's, let's name them off. You got <laughs> uh, Max Gilliam, Chase Forrest, Zach Klein, uh, Luke Rubenzer, uh, uh, Ross Bowers. Dear Lord. And Viramontes. And Victor Viramontes is going to come in in the, in the fall. And what I think is going to happen with Viramontes, I think he'll get a look at quarterback. But I think eventually we'll see him move to linebacker. He's got a 6'1", 6'2", yeah. uh, 240. Yes. And that's a linebacker. That's, <laughs> that's a big guy. That's not a quarterback. It's a linebacker. I mean, if you look at this highlight reel, he lays out hits. Well, he runs like a linebacker, so uh, I, 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 I'm excited to see what he can do. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see. Um, the uh, I, I I don't think you know when you say well what effect will the uh, will a uh, will an offensive coordinator have in spring ball. Um, not, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's spring ball. It's practice folks. Uh, talking about practice. Um, yeah, it's, it's practice. I think we'll see it. The, the thing that, that for me is the most interesting thing is that we're going to see a different type of practice we're going to see a different practice organization. Because first of all, you you can't you can't rep five five or six quarterbacks <laughs> at the, taking like, reps like every sl- practice. I mean, like like eventually you would see two or three repped down um, with with Tony Franklin's system when he had all Flinder of them. Goff. 
when he had all of them receiving uh, the, the pass, you know, the, the, the shotgun snaps. So I think we'll see a different format of practice. I think things will be a little bit different, at least offensively. I think defensively they got their act together. Yeah. And, and you know you have you have Art Kaufman now coaching linebackers, which he kind of did a little bit last year. I mean he, he was I very think much just made that official. Yeah, so. pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah, you had uh, the positional work done mostly by by Garrett Sanchez, but Art Kaufman was was very heavily involved in line. And you can also pay him more something more like that. <laughs> and also, you got to remember, like, last year was, like, the first year in a decade that he hadn't also coached linebackers. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense, the way they reorganized the, the staff like that. But, well, you know, hey, a lot long, you know, long answer short, when you talk about Spavitalis' impact in this one. He's Not much. On, he's on the sideline. It's, it's <laughs> gonna. He's gonna be more seeing what the players can do. And it's really the impact. Yeah. He can put them in to succeed. Well, it's the impact that the players are gonna have on him. Yeah, I think is the, is the real is the real. Uh, the more, I guess the more elegant way to put it yeah. <laughs> is you know now he's gonna be the one judging them. So that's gonna be the interesting part is to see who really stands out. And I talk with him. The guy who stands out, I think most to him, at least in the early going, is Kalfani Muhammad. Oh, and so oh, I wow. think we're gonna see quite a bit. Uh, of him playing with that toy because that's a fun toy to that slot car is a fun <laughs> toy to play with. Yeah, he hasn't really. Mohammed hasn't really been used to the kind of extent that you would expect a track guy to be used. Well, well, yeah, I think he has because he's a straight line guy. Yeah. Uh, only last year did we really start to see the side to side wiggle, yeah. and that's something that he had never had. And he started bringing a few more tackles too, yep. like that run against Texas. Oh was, lord. Oh. By the way, Cal Baseball just tied things. They were down seven to nothing. Wow. Now they've tied it seven to seven. So I'm gonna have this. This is gonna be gonna be an interesting story. <laughs> I was looking at it a little bit down early, and then boom, seven to two in the eighth. Well, they they were down, and and I came here going, all right, well, great. I'll talk to Eski before they get on the plane. I'll talk. You know, I'll talk to Eski before they get on the plane, and then. Oh, crap. <laughs> so if you see, if you hear me drifting in and out, it's because I'm looking at my phone going, oh, God. <laughs> it's okay. We'll care. <laughs> so let me ask you, let's, let's, let's look at this then. If, if yeah. you're, if you're spavital, right, you come in here, you know, right before spring ball starts, the team's already set. It's not like you're going to get any more recruits that'll impact this upcoming yeah. season. How much do you do you absorb in in terms of what the coaching staff has already established these players these are what we like about these guys these are who we have rated higher do you do you let that influence your decision or is it just just like what Sean Marks did or yeah when Sean Marks did when he moved to the Nets he didn't make any trades because he wanted to look at all the players for himself he wanted to make those Assignments and and just look over his entire team. Well, I guess you can't make any trades here either. Um, yeah. But the thing that I look at with Spavitola and coming into this situation is that everybody's got a clean slate. There's nobody. I mean, and I actually talked to them when we sat down and talked. I said, "Well, you picked a hell of a time because you're coming in hell of a time and hell of a place because you're coming in. You just lost your, you know, NFL quarterback. Your entire offense. Basically. You just lost your top six receiver." <laughs> Now, the one thing he does have, you know, obviously Lasco, but Lasco was pretty much a non-factor. Now, I won't say a non-factor, but he was not what we expected. We expected 1,500-some-odd yards from yeah, him last yeah. year. The, you're bringing back four of your five offensive linemen, and you're bringing in a Juco guy and Dwayne Wallace, who absolutely is going to be given every opportunity to start, and that guy's an absolute animal. And you, so you're bringing in 
you're bringing him in. You have you have plenty of options that you can rep at center. You're getting Simi Lave back, who I right. thought was going to start last season, wound up not. But I think he will. He's not leaving either. He's so. not leaving either. So that's a very good sign. Uh, you get him. You get the you know damn near your entire offensive line, Mac. You get uh, some receivers with experience: Ray Hudson, Chad Hansen. Um, Vic Wharton, who played at Tennessee yeah, and then was fairly impactful as a freshman. Jack Austin, Jack Austin yeah. kind of about Enoah. I mean, you are getting guys back. And Sonny said this when we were talking with him uh, last week. There's, it's, it's like a sneaky amount of experience. You don't realize how much experience these guys have. Yeah. It's Brandon Singleton. You, know, you don't realize how much experience these guys have. But they do have some experience. It's not like you're losing the whole farm. Yeah. And you're bringing back your three most productive running backs. And any coach, any football coach will tell you, if you want to win, you have to be strong up front, and you have to have a running game. Well, guess what Cal has? They have four of their five starting offensive linemen, and they have a run game. So, I mean, I'm still th- I still think Cal's going to win four games next year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think that this is going to be another eight-win team. But they have the ingredients to maybe surprise some people. And I think they have the fundamental basis for which they can, you know, on which they can build. So I think that the good thing for everybody is that there's a clean slate. And I think it especially works in favor of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Because, I mean, when Klein left, I don't know how much, how much you guys know about Klein and, and, and Franklin. T- Klein and Tony Franklin did not get along. No. They did. They were oil and water. Klein is a very happy goal. He's like a cocker spaniel. <laughs> Zach Klein is a cocker spaniel. He loves everybody. He's everybody's best friend. He's he has a very wide a ra- very wide range of interests. He plays you know he plays in a band. I mean he, he's he's a skate you know he skateboards. I mean he's he's kind of this. He's a very 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 stereotypical California kid. Yeah, he's got the the U.S. flag bandana. He right. Wears well, yeah. Too. He's he's just you look at him and you go that is your that is your Friday Night Lights <laughs> All American quarterback, right? And uh, and he and and Tony Tony's that as as liberal as Tony is Tony is a very southern guy <laughs> and football is everything and even though uh, Tony Franklin's interests his own interests are very eclectic and very out there he's uh, out of his goddamn mind that's also true um, and that Tony Franklin says to him, be Peyton Manning be Peyton Manning you're eating noodles be Peyton Manning everything be Peyton pretty Manning. much yeah. Pretty much sums um, up Tony Franklin. Uh, he and Tony just didn't get along. They didn't mesh. For whatever reason, their two personalities were just so at odds with one another. The great thing, I think, for Zach is that he now has the opportunity to, to get with another offensive coordinator. That there's no there's no preconceived notions. Even Chase Forrest, who, ha- who played three games last year and then really didn't get much after two games no. and didn't do anything. Oh. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Luke Rubens, who obviously got in a whole lot of time as the backup quarterback, but was more of a runner than a thrower. Yeah. You know, and when he threw, it wasn't great. He had one, he had one throw. But yeah. To, yeah. One to big Harper, throw. And Harper. then a few, and then what, one or two big picks. Yeah. Um, yep. so I think the great thing for the quarterbacks is that now there's an, you know, it's the, it's the same thing that worked against Klein before. Yeah. When Tony Franklin and Sonny Dykes came in after Klein was recruited under Tedford, in Tedford system, I think Klein's a great quarterback. Yeah. In this system, not so much. Goff was the guy, and Goff did, of course, tremendously well. He's you know he's a once in a generation type quarterback, mm-hmm. and so I think it's going to work for Zach in this instance because now he's not going to have that history. Yeah. You know, now Spavitol's going to look at him and go, "Well, the kid was an All American coming out of coming out of high school. Let's see what he's got." You know, and he's. 
He's been around the block a few times. He's yep. had to deal with the, with the, the slings and arrows of life. So and hey, now he gets to come back somewhere where he's comfortable. He has a support system around him because he's yep. from Danville, so not local too far kid. Away. Yeah, I mean, Trace and I talked about this last week when we were talking about with Klein, which just, I mean, the guy, the guy just loves the school. I mean, there's nothing more to it. He just, just likes. I mean, it's home for him here. So. Yeah. Oh, we shall see what happens. Uh, but let's uh, should we pick our some surprises or X factors you believe will just uh, appear through spring camp going into fall? Uh, I think somebody uh, yes, one of the new kids is going to have to surprise, right? I mean, they they're going to have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are so many open spots, particularly receiver. I wouldn't pick Melky Stoll as a surprise because I don't think he's going to surprise. <laughs> no. I think he's going to do exactly what we thought he was going to do. He's going to be just very destroy fast. people. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be really good. Uh, I, uh, well, he's a little guy. I wouldn't say destroy. He's well, going to break. He's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I think he's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, I think uh, for me, the X factor is going to be D line. You know, you're losing. That's true. Yeah, you're losing a guy in Mustafa Jalil who played forever. Uh, <laughs> you're you're losing Jonathan Johnson who was very effective. Mm-hmm. You're no, losing Cragen. You're losing Cragen, who obviously was was fantastic yeah. this year, and you know you're losing a lot of power up there. But hey, you're bringing you're bringing back Devontae Wilson. You're bringing back James Looney. You're, you know you know you lost off. Oh, forget which one they lost, Manley or Davis, but they kept the other one, uh, Davis. I think Davis graduated and they yeah, kept yes. Manley. Uh, Honey mustard. Honey mustard is is off the tray. And Davis uh, is actually, I think Trevor Davis is gone as well. Trevor, well, yeah, I'm talking about David Davis. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, both Davis. Both Davis. The, the Davi are gone. Um, no. So you, you know, you, you're bringing back a little bit of experience there. Tony McCary, I think, is going to have to have a big camp. We no. saw a lot of him last year, and his brother also, frankly, oh, his yeah. brother is, is going to rep at center too. So uh, his brother got a lot more, a ex- lot more playing time last year than I thought uh, he was going to get, and I was uh, the, his biggest fan coming out of recruiting. So. Uh, the McCary brothers going to have to have big camps. Uh, big, not camp, really. We call it spring camp occasionally, but it really isn't. Um, spring practice. Spring ball. Yeah, um, Yeah. the D-line. The D Noel Westerfield's going to have to have a big camp. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because he fell off the – I mean, he really came on like gangbusters his, his freshman year. Yeah, he and, started the first game against Northwestern. Yeah. And last year, he was awful. Yeah. Last year, he played, what, three or four games. Three games, and then once in the, uh, in the bowl game. That's it. So – He's going to have to reprove how good he is, and he's going to have to have a big. He, I, I, you know, he will have had to have had a big off season, mm-hmm. and he'll have to have a big summer. But spring ball is a good way to get into that. Yeah. So I think the the defensive line, you know, like I said, Cal's bringing back four of their five offensive linemen, so they're all right, I think, there. And they're going to be having a big competing, you know, big competition to take over for Rigsby. So I think for me, the, you know, if you want to be a good football team, you got to be good in the trenches. So for me, the biggest X factor is the defensive line. It's the same kind of deal with the offense, though, in that they have that sneaky experience all along the line because they rotated so much last year. Because uh, you got guys like Cameron Saffold, who I didn't think would play as a freshman. He got plenty of playing time. Not great playing time for the most part, but he did I mean, his I mean, job. Yeah, every time he came on, everyone was like, who's who's that guy? That yeah. guy's He's mini Kragen, except yeah. he's bigger than Kragen was <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna, ever. He's going to get better, too. Yeah. I really liked his film coming out of high school, just explosive and technique-wise. So he's the guy that I want to see get a lot better this spring and hopefully carry that into the fall. Yeah, I guess most of us are picking defensive side, so I'll, I'll go with that. You can pick someone else. I'll go with that route, too. And I think, I think Trey Turner is going to be pretty good in my opinion i mean he i mean i talked to him uh 
was it right before they went to the bowl game? And he he, what he said was he felt like that Utah game and that pick that he had was just his turning point for him in his in his Cal career. Well, I mean, a very very early career. Uh, but I mean, we have some holes back there um, with yeah. McClure gone, with White gone, and yeah. and he played pretty well playing that uh, that nickel spot. So. Well, they're going to have to play a lot more nickel. Yeah. Um, well, just, just linebackers. With the amount of linebackers we have. <laughs> Don't we have just our starters? Isn't that basically who we have? We have a couple guys. Uh, they've got six. Uh, six for two spots, essentially. Yeah. Uh, six dollar linebackers. Hey, there are a few walk-on guys that like, I, I've, I've long... Deep. Huh? You got a three D. <laughs> we got, yeah, a, 3D. got a three D. I, I, I've I've long been a fan of oh god I'm trying, uh, Harrison Mayo uh, out of uh, yeah he's he's a he's another he's a NorCal guy. Yeah. Uh, I liked him a lot uh, coming out of the uh, coming out of the, the recruiting camps and he's never got an offer and uh, Cal I think is I would not be surprised to see him at some point. I mean I I just I really liked what I saw. He may be a little too stiff. I don't know at this point, but I, I mean we didn't see him much in practice last year, so we'll see. But well, he could add. I mean, he's 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 a he's kind of a Bryce McGovern type mm-hmm. guy. Okay, McGovern did play his freshman year too. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I is that I can't say I know that. Too is that much. six including the news this week with Jake Kearney medically retiring? Is that I think it might be five. I think you're right. Is that five uh, now? Um, let's see. We got that Tonky Lava, uh, um, Nickerson, Rock's cousin, Anoa'i. Anoa'i. Hamilton Anoa'i. Anoa'i. So that's three. Um, um, crap. <laughs> Devontae Downs. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, who's going to be a little? Uh, they're going to take things slow with him. I think in the spring. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to. They're going to be in the slow lane with him. Uh, he had a knee yeah. issue, uh, and he also had turf toe at the end of last year. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's, that's four. <laughs> Ray Davison. Ray Davison. How could we forget Uncle Ray? Yeah. Uh, or uh, Lawrence of a Ray Biug when he wears the uh, the towel on his head uh, <laughs> during 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 he he wear he wears it and he'll, he'll like have like a headband around it and it looks like it's it's the yeah uh, it's it's his Uncle Ray or Lawrence of a Ray Biug. There are a few other ones that we that we came up with over the over the course of the summer. But um, yeah, so you got five. Oh crap! I think that might. Anyone be get it. their roster handy? <laughs> I think I think that might. Shouldn't that be it? I mean, Kearney makes it six. Yeah, Kearney would, Kearney would make it six. Um, and I don't know if you guys read uh, Kearney's Kearney's uh, yeah. long uh, long epistle there, but uh, it was uh, it, it was. I mean, it, it's really that's that's what football. That's what modern football is. I mean, is 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 heartbreaking, and it's the the, um, the the size and the speed of these guys coming into each other. It's. Is greater than it's ever been, and you know, the 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 key things he, I I read in that were I want to be able to hug my kids, <laughs> you know. I mean that's God, you know. We were talking about really on the planning ahead there, like, yeah. But I mean, yeah, we, we were talking about on the Bear Republic podcast earlier this week, John and I, um, about uh, it, was, it, was, it was Gaffney, I think it was, um, not Gaffney, was it Gaffney? No, who's the other white Stanford running back? Uh, Gerhardt. Yeah, Gerhardt. That's, that's it. Right. Gerhardt. I knew Gaffney wasn't. It was Gerhardt. Who played? He played baseball also, and then he decided to leave early to, to go to the NFL. Yeah. I thought you're a good enough baseball player to get drafted <laughs> and play in baseball, and you can your career can last ten to twelve years. Yeah, save your and save your body. Yeah, and he didn't obviously making money in the NFL, but uh, you know it, it, it's tragic. And but you know what? At the same time, I'm also really happy for Kearney. Because he came to a realization that a lot of guys come to all too late. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to come to it late. Exactly. You don't want to come to it late because you might be dead. 
And he came, he came to it, and he had a kind of a uh, a realization that you know this thing, some things are more important than football. And good for him. I'm I'm happy for him. Off that note, I have a question for you too. This is not on the the program, but I just remembered this past week the Ivy Leagues decided that they are going to limit the amount of live tackling you can do in practice. And so, and apparently, uh, I think it was, I think it was David Shaw um, who said that he's he's kind of for that. The Pac-12 is limited as well. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if they're if if the Ivy Leagues, if this is a big deal with the Ivy Leagues, I'm assuming that the the, the sheer number is just is going to be dialed down a lot more. Was that is that beneficial for the safety of the sport, or is it, is it making it worse for the sport? Go ahead. I feel Trace. like you've got a. One teach guys how to tackle. I know the Seahawks are doing more of the rugby style tackling in practices. So if you get guys doing more of that, working on that technique, then I don't mind the limited contact type deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want guys hitting each other quite as hard in practice and knocking each other out for the season with something or other. But I don't know how to feel, to be honest. <laughs> I haven't had too much time to think about this. Well, there are, there are two main points that, that come to mind for me. And that's number one, you need to teach how to tackle. Yeah, a lot of guys just... A lot of guys just hit things. And that's what football is to many kids is, oh, see the guy with the pig skin? Hit him hard! Yeah. Uh, you know, snot bubbles! <laughs> um, but there's more There's more to it than that. you got to keep your head up. you got to wrap up. you got to, you know... I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot... Hips, wrap, drive, all that yeah. stuff. I so think the drill so many times. I think the biggest thing is not at the college level. I think you need to keep, teach kids how to tackle. Oh yeah, a lot earlier. Like Pee wee. Yeah, yeah, um, a lot earlier. And at, at this level, it should be about maintaining form and skills learned. Unfortunately, there is not a standard practice amongst Pee wee and at Little League and Pop Warner and high school football across the country. There is no standard. Of you this know, is how you teach. I, I, I always go back to baseball. There's no strike zone, like there, there's no defined here. Step one, step two, step the, and 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 the quality of coaching is so different at so many different levels that kids develop bad habits early and they don't break out of them until high school, yeah. and then they get into college, and then it's a whole new ball game. And they could cover a lot of those bad habits with being bigger and stronger. Exactly, bigger, stronger, faster. Who cares if you can't tackle? You're a big son of a bitch, and we'll put you on the field and put you in pads and see what you can do. And then once you get to a level where everyone's as big as you, that's the problem. Well, right, and and that's when you start getting the head-to-head stuff. That's where you start getting guys, whatever little fundamentals they have, break down. And when those break down, then you have, like I said, then you, then you have guys with head, neck, back, all that sort of stuff. So I think that that there needs to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of opposite when it comes to uh, when it comes to thing. I think it should be more hitting at a younger age. Yeah. Just more working on fundamentals. Maybe not full speed. Yeah, I mean, you could do it without the pads too. Just just get just you know just your body. Just learn how to. And to what Trace was saying. Rugby seems to have no problem at all. Yeah. They've gotten with it concussions. down. Yeah, they've gotten it down. And part of it is you have to remember football is a sport where you are dressing in dressing in armor. And when you put that armor on, all of a sudden you feel invincible. As invincible as 18 to 22 year olds already feel. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're giving them a helmet and pads and saying go hit that guy as hard as you can. You're feeling invincible. You don't think you don't. You're not thinking ten, twenty, thirty years down the road when you won't be able to walk. No, you're definitely not. So I, I think it all starts earlier. I, I, I think limiting hitting at, at the college level is great. I like that idea, but I, I think you need to. For the, the the base of it is, 
you need to get better fundamentals before they get there, and then you won't have this problem. I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this excerpt from the New York Times about the Ivy Leagues deciding for tackling. This is just the first this is the first sentence. The Ivy League football coaches have decided to take the extraordinary step of eliminating all full contact hitting from practices during the regular season, the most aggressive measure yet to combat growing concerns about bearing trauma and other injuries. In the By sport. the way, Cal doesn't do a whole hell of a lot of full contact stuff during the yeah. season. They yeah. have white, they maybe, they maybe one practice a week where it's kind of full contact. Yeah. You know, they're wearing uppers almost every practice. Mm-hmm. Not well, where the shells, but like just gym shorts on yeah. Right. It's just. Which, I mean, and Sonny said this before, there's no point in hitting each other all the time. No. Why, why in the middle of the season, why are you wearing each other down? <laughs> yeah, I threw discus and shot put in high school and we had a philosophy. You only have so many throws in you before your body just says, that's it, you're done. And then you reach a point of not just diminishing returns, but zero returns uh, once you hit a certain point. And the same thing in football. You only have so many hits in you mm-hmm. over the course of a season. Why spend that money? You know, you have $100. Why spend 50 of it in practice yeah. and yeah. and not in a game? I actually have a relevant story here. I broke my collarbone in high school in, during a, a, a pregame <laughs> contact drill. Whose fault was it? Uh, it was the other guys, obviously. Okay. Like, I was the one being tackled, so... <gasps> I got him back. That was freshman year. I got him back senior year. And I <laughs> what did you did you break his arm? Uh, no, I just I just knocked the hell out of him. On that doesn't screen. count. That's not a get and back. You have to break bones. <laughs> it's eye for an eye. Come on, Trace. Jesus, uh, what's he's, wrong he's with you? Nice That's guy. the problem with this generation. <laughs> I'm not that much younger. Shut up. <laughs> Hey, so that's, that's not relevant. That's not germane. That is not germane to this conversation. I don't know. Yeah, my sister. I think so. Graduated around the same time, if I remember it correctly. Oh so boy. I think she was 08 year old. Yeah, I was 08. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean that. I don't. Know, that pretty much wraps up our what's it? Our talk about spring camp. Should yeah. We talk about some. <laughs> Some NFL stuff since we're on that topic yeah. for yeah. a little bit. Uh, you know, we're all we're always talking about golf. We've been talking about golf lately. I think we should not talk about him for a little bit. Talk about our other guys that might be potentially drafted because okay. we have quite a few guys um, that yeah. are in the pool to be drafted. So yeah. let's You'll just get golf on the Gruden's quarterback camp at some time this week. I think. So. Which which if you've seen the one where. Uh, I think it was just released like yesterday. It was a it was a scrambling one, and uh, where they're out on the field, and Goff makes a perfect throw, <laughs> and Gruden picks it apart. <laughs> no, Gruden Gruden smiles, looks at him, he goes, "I love you, Goff. I love you." <laughs> Good old Chucky. Oh man, that was a great scene. Almost as creepy as Jim Harbaugh in Michigan pajamas. Almost as creepy. Oh, almost as creepy. Um, so, yeah, let's just run down through this list, uh, see what you guys think of where they might get drafted. If you have a feel for an NFL team that might be a good landing spot for them, then please give me your answers as well. So we'll start with uh, Kenny Lawler, who, who would like to start. I'll go. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to give you teams for any of these guys uh, simply because I, I just I, I don't know the NFL nearly as well. Yeah. Um, as far as personnel wise, um, I can get fake fits. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, perfect. We, we have a we have a patsy, folks. All right, fantastic. Uh, I'm a patsy. Uh, uh, Lawler, I think, uh, did not help himself at all. Yeah. Uh, the combine did not have a great combine. Uh, I think he had an average combine, which it, you know, in 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 my opinion, if you're not if you're not ra- if you're not rising, you're falling. 
And I think he was in third round. Yeah, that's yeah. Third, third round, fifth. third to fifth, uh, as it stands. And I think he's probably fourth to sixth now. Yeah. You know, I think he's maybe dropped a, a tad. I think he's, I still think he'll get drafted. Yeah, I mean, I, he's got. I mean, you look at the, <laughs> you look at the size. He's certainly got got the frame to add a little more weight. He is a bit slenderly built, but you know, I'll take a guy with those ball skills over a guy who's bigger, stronger, faster any day of the week Just because you can't. You can't teach that stuff. That stuff is something that that is you just have that knack. Those five five XL hands. Yeah, you know what they where, say about guys with big hands. <laughs> is this where hand size is a plus? They wear big gloves. <laughs> yeah, I can see him going to a team that needs help. Uh, just possession wide receivers like a Carolina. There. Yeah, that would be big weakness in the Super Bowls. Aside from the. Michael Lower being pushed back like he was on rails is just having guys to throw to. They do get Kelvin Benjamin back, but they'll need someone else to compliment him. Yeah, they you're do. not going to get that from Ted Ginn, who has <laughs> feet for hands half the time. Yeah, so. no, you're not getting that from Ted. So maybe Carolina or something like that. Uh, Steven Anderson, yeah, uh, I think I think helped himself a little bit. I think he's still a little on the light side when it comes to uh, when it comes to being a tight end. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. There are plenty of spread teams that take him as an inside mm-hmm. receiver. I mean, he, in my mind, he's still four to four to six, five to seven. I mean, he's still a late round guy. Um, Powell, uh, same deal. Uh, kind of that that four to six, five to seven. Yeah. You know, maybe second or third day. Um, Treggs, I think uh, I, I was surprised that Treggs did not get invited to the combine. Yeah. Although maybe they just said we don't want to invite all the Cal receivers <laughs> to the combine. Uh, I, I think Bryce Treggs is is you know if he runs a four three mm-hmm. at his pro day, which I know he can do, he's done it. Okay. <laughs> um, if if he runs a four three, he gets drafted in the third round, in my opinion, because he's such a great route runner. He's got great bloodlines, and yeah, he's a little on the smaller side, but he's very good route runner and. And he has a nose for the ball, and he's an intense competitor. And yep. you get you get a burner like that, he and he, he can help somebody. Uh, Harris is going to be interesting. I think Maurice Harris will wind up being a, 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 a under underactive free agent. I can see him getting into camp somewhere. He does uh, about ninety percent of what Lawler does. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's just, Lawler's quicker. Lawler's yeah. faster. And then the, the defensive guys, Jaleel and Cragen. Um, uh, Moose is just such a big, strong guy that he's gonna get into camp with somebody. I don't think he gets drafted. I think he's an undrafted free agent. He'll he'll go somewhere. He, somebody will give him a shot. Whether he sticks, I don't know. No, you just gotta you gotta take a gamble just because yeah. of his size alone. And at some point, Cragen, uh, I you know he's gotten so much bigger this year, but he's still on the small end. You know, he's still on the small. He's small for being big, mm-hmm. and that's that's a problem uh, when it comes to the NFL because the NFL. Guys like him are dime a dozen. Yeah. Um, and, and while he did have a spectacular senior season for Cal, although really a lot of his stats were recorded in like the span of the three or four games, um, he yeah. really, you know, he, and he had a great, a, a great game in the Armed Forces Bowl. Really great game in the Armed mm-hmm. Forces Bowl. He's still a guy that's too small, too slow, too, 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 too little of everything, not, not, not enough of anything uh, for, for, for NFL teams. And like we said, at that level, it's all about size and speed. I mean, you, you got to, especially on the defensive line, and like you, you know, talking about Michael Orr, you know, left tackles are are drafted almost on size alone, yeah. and you know, hey, if you can move your feet, woohoo, that's a bonus. Um, and same thing with defense. I mean, defensive ends, it's all about size and speed. And uh, Cragen, as hard as hard a worker as Cragen is, and I'll kind of, and I keep going back to this, and I, there should be like a bell or something every time I mention baseball. <laughs> Conference um, of Champions. Conference of Champions. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, uh, Cragen to me is the football version of Tony Aranda. You know, he's great at, at, at the college level, but when you get to the level where size and speed and strength matter, there's just it doesn't quite have enough to get. You know, hard work is only going to get, get you so far. Yeah. And we're leaving one guy off this list who made, who brought himself way the hell up in Daniel Lasco. Oh yeah, I mean Lasco. Lasco definitely got himself uh, early into the second day of the draft. I think he had. I, mean, I think he was the easily the best the best combine worker, the best workout warrior of the combine. And man, you know. He was a guy who we said going into it, who's gonna, who's gonna, uh, you know, we made a little video on Scout, uh, you know, our Scout now feature. Now it's, uh, it's that's pretty awesome. I love it. Uh, we get to do little video reports uh, every day whenever we want. Um, hey, who's who's gonna be the who's gonna be the, who's gonna benefit the most from the combine? I said without a doubt, Daniel Lasco, because Daniel Lasco is an absolute animal uh, when it comes to the fitness level and size and speed and strength. Some people I saw were kind of poo-pooing him because he's a little a little thinner mm-hmm. than most other backs. But in this day and age in the NFL, I mean, you're running two, three backs through there anyway. So uh, he's a guy who's who, despite his injury history, I think is going to be very durable. And you know, they'll, you, they'll take a look at his film from his junior year too. And, yeah, and, and the injuries he's had have just been just dumb. Are, are are fluke injuries, <laughs> and the one the one senior year got. Got hit in the hip with a helmet, like great, you know, and it messed up a, a muscle that or a tendon that nobody knew about. <laughs> great, when it's when it's when injuries are wow, that's something I haven't seen before. <laughs> then you don't hold it against a guy, like wow, his eye popped out of his head. That's that's new. As long as he pops it back in, as long as it's in, as long as it's back in. All right, great, you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, did we miss anyone? I don't think we. Uh, Davis. Davis had a pretty. Good uh, Trevor Davis had a phenomenal combine. Yeah, they, uh, they really like his speed. He'll catch on as a returner. Yeah, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, I, I think Davis helped himself a lot. I mean, the fact the fact that he can return. You know, so many of these other receivers. What hurts them is that they have not done a whole hell of a lot of returning. Lawler, a little bit. Treggs, a little bit, but not really. Harris, not at all. Uh, Anderson and Powell, not at all. Of course If you're a receiver in the NFL draft and you can return, you just doubled your stock. And that you demonstrated it, and you got a special teams coordinator fired. (laughs) Single-handedly got a coach fired. (laughs) Single-footedly, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, that pretty much wraps up all our football talk. Um, on to, I don't know if it's if it was a great week for basketball, but it was it was, it was a mixed bag. Uh, it was very hollow. It was the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so the regular season is now over. Cal finishes the men's basketball team finishes twenty two and nine, third in the Pac 12 twelve and six in conference play. Uh, they played Arizona Thursday. They played Arizona State Saturday. Um, we play. Should we talk about the games first? Let's talk about the games first before we move on to Pac-12. Uh, Let's go quickly because I don't want to talk about the Arizona State <laughs> game again. Or Arizona. That, was, that, that Arizona State game was stupid. Yeah. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's my professional. I get paid to do this analysis. That game was stupid. No, I agree. <laughs> Though we did get to see a rare stat: Tyrone Wallace, basketball. eight of eight. From the free throw line. And, you know, that's what I led with. Uh, my, my story, my recap of that was I, I led with the fact that Cal's been so awful at the free throw line this year. I mean, just just terrible. They're last in the Pac-12. They've got to be like the 200s or the 300s uh, in the nation. They're just I think awful. they were actually second to last. Oregon State was worse than us. And they went 18 to 25. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And Tyrone Wallace, who's a 60% free throw shooter on his career, goes 8 of 8. And the curtain of distraction is, is it's like the Bill Walton of Pac-12 student sections. <laughs> it's good when it's good, but it's bad when it's oh, bad. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's always good. Baby. It's always good. Bill Walton is a national treasure. Don't you forget it. That is true. This is very true. I like Bill Walton. It's better when you're winning and when you're losing, you just don't want to see or hear. No, 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 no. He's even better when you're, he's, he's even better when you're losing and he's in, he's even better when the game is so far out of hand that he's playing a goddamn glockenspiel in front of the student section. Yeah. I, I, what year was that where uh, it was Cal UCLA, uh, Crab went off big early. They were up 35 to 13 at one point. It was Valentine's Day one year. And he starts talking about a Bok Bok's life story. And, uh, <laughs> I think Grateful Dead. You mean Purple Purple? Love in the, love in the, love in the, love in the after. It, it, that was a great time. Anyway, so I, I, I noted that, that the. the uh, I noted that. Cal obviously has not done very well at all uh, when it com- when it comes to free throw shooting. But with the two guys dressed in blue and gold body condoms, wearing rubber horse heads, or no, wearing rubber unicorn masks, riding at the same time a a stick horsey, uh, or what appeared to be a broom with another rubber horsey head on the end of it, and then riding each other, that's what gets you to hit free throws. <laughs> That's what works. The guys in the later hosen and nothing else that gets you to hit free throws. Maybe it's just the whole. Oh, these guys are trying to distract me. You know what? To hell with them. I'm making all of these. Did Did anyone notice how he made from that one from that little act? He hits the free throw and he turns around. And he he smiles like because it's, it's, it's hilarious. Funny. It's funny. It's funny. But the the it, fact that he hits that free throw with a straight face and he turns around his teammates and he just. He smiles because there's no way he knows what, what else are you going to do when, when you're confronted with two <laughs> gimp masks uh, riding each other? I mean, good Ooh. lord. I mean, he probably sees that in Berkeley twice a week. <laughs> no, no, no. Homeless people riding each other, yes. Uh, no, maybe maybe the naked mile during, during finals time. You know, when they sometimes guys run run it like wearing like sometimes. <laughs> Have you not seen that? Have you seen uh, When I was at Cal, they. They ran through the library naked, yeah. No, no, there were four guys. There were uh, there were four guys running the naked mile, but they weren't naked. They were wearing panda suits, all of them, all four of them. And they were at the they, awesome. they staggered themselves so it'd be like the entire naked mile would go through, and about two seconds later, so it's like a Where's Waldo, like <laughs> yeah. oh look, <laughs> four pandas. It, it, it's like when it's like the the psychology experiment. I count how many balls are in this picture, and then a bear walks through, <laughs> and then they ask you about the bear afterwards. I'm like, what bear? It's the same thing, and they except you have a bear. Running Hey, all these naked guys ran through. Did you see the panda? What panda? And then you go back. Oh, look at the replay. Yep, there was a panda. Oh, look, there's four. Holy crap. What do you know? Ling Ling, Ling Ling's got pretty good form. Yeah, that's all a right. panda. No, that guy's just really hairy. <laughs> that can happen in Berkeley. Is he, wearing, is he wearing a sweater? Nope. God's. <laughs> the sweater God gave him, yes. Oh. He was sweating. Oh, God. He got on my paper. <laughs> Okay, I've laughed. It's a smudge on my screen. Oh. Okay. All right. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Oh. I'm not sorry. I lied. You're not. Never be sorry. (laughs) Never be sorry. Yeah. 
Oh lord. Okay, let's just skip talking about the Arizona game. Yeah, let's. That let's, was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, and let's just. Uh, let's just. Was this a good two games to end the season? Eh. Was it? Was it? It would have been better to beat Arizona. Let's eh. just put it at that. Uh, there were problems in both games. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I said it about the Arizona game. Cal lost that game more than Arizona won it. Yes, Arizona did go on eleven and 0 run, eleven to nothing run over the over the end of the fire. game, and gave York just yeah, like you said, just what the flame hell? on all of a yeah. sudden. Um, contested threes. But hey, remember he was coming off pick and rolls pretty free. He was, yeah. and, and we on every single pick and roll this past week we got. They hedged up on defense against yep. us, and we could not do anything until Jalen broke that one against ASU, and Tyrone got to dunk over Jacobson. Yeah, I, I mean that's your turning point. Right? My my biggest my biggest issue over the uh, over the weekend was that Cal did not look like a team that was going into the postseason oh. strong. Yeah. It was good that they beat ASU because now you're not you're not going in off two losses. You end the season on a win. Okay, good. My problem: look at Jalen Brown's lines for the last two games: zero offensive rebounds, barely getting to the free throw line. He's got what a total of five, maybe seven, no, no, fifteen points for the last two games. He's made a total of five shots total. Yeah. But you know, most of his points come at the free throw line, yeah. which is weird. Um, you know, and, and he was shooting at you know, some. I think at some point he shooting like over forty percent from the free throw uh, from from the three point line over seven, the seven game winning streak. Yeah. yeah. And and Jabari Bird was shooting over fifty yeah. percent. <laughs> he was shooting fifty six point seven percent from three. That would have been the that, that would have been the sixth best field goal shooting percentage in the conference period, and he was doing it from three. Um. Yeah, and then he went absolutely deathly quiet over over the course of the Arizona State game. That, oh, these, over three. These are the things yeah, that I'm. Point. These are the I'm things I'm worried about. That's his worst game since November. Yeah, they just at a certain point he just stayed on the bench while Matthews was in there. Yeah, and Matthews was great. Uh, Matthews went Matthews off. Matthews had eighteen. I mean, and, and that's the good part that when when one or two of your guys are down, you're going to have another one. Yeah. And Ivan Rab had a, had a decent game yeah. against ASU, although th- there were times where he just wasn't aggressive enough. No. Whereas against Arizona, he was a man child. Yeah, I mean, he, Arizona, he looked fantastic. Oh, I mean, that three. <laughs> he hit the he hit and by the way, I called that. I called that in my preview. I said, just a little, a little note on the three-point shooting. He's been working on it in practice. It's close practice, but I hear things. Because I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm like the shadow. I know. I think Nicodemus lives in this building anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's been hitting those. Th- he's, he's worked on that. He did that in high school. And, you know, we, we, I've seen it from him in the past. But, man, to hit the, your first and only... That's a pretty good sense of occasion. Like, all right, okay, he's got it. I mean, um, I wish it led to something. But. Right. I mean, for me, it didn't only, I only give you made my game story. I made the game video, I think, maybe. But uh, it didn't make the game story because I'm like, okay, great. He made a three. But they, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, yeah, I called it. Um, but uh, uh, Rab needs to be more consistent, and he's been more consistent over the past four or five games. But you need to have everybody kind of rowing in the same direction. Yeah, I think the biggest thing between the Arizona and the Arizona State game was that certain calls went really differently. I mean, Ivan was so aggressive going after those offensive rebounds. He mean he had 13 rebounds, six of which were offensive mm-hmm. and all putbacks. Mm-hmm. They did not call a single over the back foul on him on any of those. But there were a few ones where he literally just ripped down the rebound. It just he out jumped the Arizona yeah. State guy. But the rest would call. You know, he yeah. got called for I think three or two over the back fouls. Um, 
kind of an exchange for not getting all those charging calls that they got against Arizona. Exactly. And, you know, Jalen Jalen fouled out of the game. by Kadeem Allen. Yeah. I mean, Jalen had five fouls, four of which were the same foul every time. What's well, the drive and the little push-off, and then he would – I mean, granted, some of them were, I think, were legit, but – just, I think the the consistency didn't help, I, at least for me. In, in just, Ivan's it, case, in both games, it just didn't I just hate Sean Miller. Everything's his fault. One, one, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed about Jalen is that the fouls he is getting called for, he keeps extending his arm. Yeah. And you need to that. beat that out of him. I mean, you need like, to put discourage his arm in that sling. scenario. Or you, you need to, I don't mean actually beat him, wink. <laughs> I mean, you need to make like tie his arm behind his back or something. Just he, it, it's an, it's an instinctive thing, and he hasn't gotten it called on him before because offici- officials haven't had a quote unquote point of emphasis as they do in the Pac-12 of hey, if a guy extends his arm, it's a, that's a foul. They um, need that boxing glove on a stick like Coach Cool used to have. <laughs> 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 put it up, no, <laughs> no, just a shot collar. <laughs> Don't do it. Again. Why are you shocking me? Don't do it, and you won't get shocked. At that point, I think you go for the whole taser. No, 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 no. Shot, call, shot, collar, ah, shot callers are way more effective. Not for dogs, though. <laughs> yeah, they are. Are you kidding me? My, my buddy's dog used to bark all the time. He put a shot collar on her. She's quiet as a mouse. It's not humane is the thing that I'm like to say. <laughs> it works. I have a girlfriend who works in an animal shelter. Uh, so well, it's a low-level shock. It's a, it's a, it's You're nothing. not supposed to, dog. Fuck some Excuse yeah. me. Can I answer that? <laughs> beep. Damn it. Oh, beep. I would like... Podcast without having to have anything beat. All right. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'll move on from that. I mean, so the season's over. We've secured the three seed. Uh, We play on, uh, what's it, Thursday? We play on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. We play the winner of Arizona State or Oregon State. Well, we, yeah, we might end up playing the last thing we played. Uh, But it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about this tournament. Do you guys. Your expectations for us in this tournament, where how far do you see us going? Is there any matchup that we want to avoid as much uh, as possible? Utah. Uh, I'm just afraid of what Pirtle can do to us. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had one great game. As are all the women in Salt Lake City. <laughs> God. And all the women wherever he is. Austria. Which will probably, which could be Salt Lake City. Yeah. <laughs> which could be, yeah. Could be. Uh yeah, if uh, if Brown and Rab don't become more assertive. And by the way, last time Cameron Brooks played against Jakob Pertl, Jakob Pertl made him his, you know what, French maid. <laughs> yeah, uh, you need a Coro to be going on all full. I don't think I want to see a Coro. No, neither do I. But um, necessary evil. Kingsley has certain improved, certainly improved leaps and bounds from last, from last year. year. At the same time. You could throw him a, I don't even know, a proper, th- I, I can't even, you could throw him a beanbag chair and he couldn't catch it. Like a beanbag chair that you can grasp and get a grip on and wrap your arms around and he couldn't catch it. I mean, we, I, you know, both of you guys probably saw it yesterday in the ASU game. He gets the, he gets the ball at, around the free throw line. He turns. And then he dribbled once, and I'm like, well, that's over. Well, <laughs> just pickpocket right away. I, I think I tweeted it out right as that happened. I said, well, Conzo Martin said if he has to dribble it more than two times, bad things are going to happen. And look, bad things are happening. <laughs> well, as they say, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the British. So. <laughs> uh, 
Was it revolutionary Spock? What? <laughs> Spock in a tricorn hat? All right, so where do you guys see us going? How far do you see us going in this Pac-12 tournament? Uh, let's see, what do we have? What, do we have the bracket here? Who, who could uh, count? Playing Oregon State or ASU first? Right, playing Oregon State or ASU, uh, and then yeah, obviously Utah, um, because I don't the USC and UCLA are reeling. Yeah, no, um, neither of them are gonna win. Yeah, I see Cal winning a game. Yeah, I'd see us falling to Utah in the semis. Yeah, I, I don't see Cal getting past Utah, which means like I have three days free in Vegas. It'd be awesome. <laughs> That's gonna be great for my wallet. I'm broke. This is I'm gonna get more broker. <laughs> All right, and from off this, then March selection Sunday is uh, next Sunday. Um, we lose one game. Our seating right now is projected to be a five or six. Do we drop to a seven or eight? Nah. No, we we'll, stay at a we'll five or six. Stay around right? a six, probably. I mean, look, Cal did what it was supposed to do: beat a team that it, it had to beat, and it lost to a higher ranked team. You're looking at that, especially in the season. Cal did get really hot. They won seven. They won eight, won eight of the last nine games. What else do you want from from a team? They won three road game, three out of four games on the road. Uh, in, in, the in the home stretch, you know, the top team in the conference by twenty. Yeah, with yeah. Their, was that without Wallace or? No, yeah, that was, or Wallace came back. That was Wallace yeah. came back in that game, but didn't play a huge role. Played a little bit of a role. Yeah, um, he was off the bench. You know, I, I think committee's going to look at the good wins. Obviously, Oregon, uh, Utah at home. Obviously, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, Arizona. St. Mary's, uh, Saint Mary's, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, St. Mary's beat Gonzaga twice this year. So yeah. first, first time they swept the, the season uh, series in like tw- thirty years. So yeah, I think they actually, if Gonzaga, if I remember, if Gonzaga won last night, I'm pretty sure they played tonight. That's it. Yeah. St. Mary's and Gonzaga. So, so we'll see. That's a big one, too. But, I mean, it's still Cal does have some quality. They have some, you know, and Wyoming was a decent team. Beat them on the road. Yep. Um, but then, you know, they have some really bad losses. And, and I, I, honestly, and this is just me because uh, I'm a perfectionist, I think the Virginia loss is a bad loss because you had that game. You could have won that game. Yep. Um, that said... Anywhere between five and seven, I think more more. I think six is right about where I'm comfortable putting Cal. Um, you know, have Oregon as a one or a two. Um, Arizona will be up there as a four. Um, yeah, the Pac-12 is going to get seven teams in at least at least by Scout.com, at least by our projections. Yeah. So, um, I'm, ESPN was harping on that last yeah. too. Yeah. Bill Walton wants all twelve. He's not going to get it. <laughs> Bill Walton wants a lot of things. Um, I think we should give him most of those those things, including a giant bag of weed, yeah. <laughs> like well, the biggest, like uh, no, I mean like a garbage bag full, like f- like a big one, like a big hefty bag full of weed, <laughs> and just say, Bill, you're going to be doing every game of the Pac-12 tournament. Here's some, here's some, like uh, here's some four loco, and here's a giant garbage bag full of weed. You're going to be doing every game solo. Be our guest. He might not. He might not show up to the games. He might be out. No, 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 no. <laughs> m- m- make it a condition. Like, oh, he has to be there in order. Like to the bag it. will be stapled to the oh. table, <laughs> and you will have to, you will have to do it here. Oh, and we God. will put jo- John Wooden's pyramid of excellence every single place you want us to. And and force Dave Pash to be his production assistant. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that poor man. That poor. Poor man. Oh. At least they put him with Roxy every once in a while. They do. Yeah. They give do. Dave some respite. All right. Uh, we'll end this basketball segment with your prediction for for March for the NCAA tournament. How far do we get? I think Cal wins. Uh, I think they win a game or two. Yeah, let's go Sweet 16. Sweet 16? Yeah, I think they win a game or two. I, 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 I don't know where. 
I don't know how, but I don't know against who. Because as, as it stands right now, I mean, I just looked up Joe Lunardi's. We would be playing Michigan State in Ooh. the second round. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> That's not good uh, at all. And then another projection. Is Michigan is, State zone quite a bit? Uh, I don't think so. I, no, but Denzel, a lot of but Denzel Valentine is just, well, he's, I mean, he's the senior version of Ben Simmons. Well, I mean, in terms of what he Not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, in terms of his statistics, I mean, he puts no, up okay. like 30-something points, like 12 assists and like seven rebounds. Like, that's, that's By the way, as we've been talking, Cal is now up 9-7 to seven over oh, Texas. God. Woohoo! Yeah. So they could win this one. Uh, <laughs> well, they have to get on a plane really soon. Okay. You know what? Let's move on to that then. Let's move on to baseball. Yeah, women's basketball. will Just say they made a good run. They made a good run. Uh, they're still not going to make the tournament. No, no, no. no. Moving, moving, moving. Is there a women's NIT? Yes, there, there, there is. There is. But you know? need apparently. Uh, you need to be over. 500. Nick at CGB has told us you need to be at five hundred. Oh, okay. Well, there goes. That. So well, they, no, they're done. And anyway's good. They don't even have five healthy players. Nope. Pretty much. Nope. All right, let's move on to baseball. Yeah, uh, right. Cal. Yeah, Cal has been playing Texas or been yeah, playing the, Texas. The, 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 the greatest comeback since 2011, and I've been on with you folks. <laughs> and I'm looking at my phone going, oh, damn it. <laughs> um, I mean, we lost to Michigan at the beginning of the week. Uh, uh, but uh, hey, this is a toss-up. As as a ball player, you you just kind of flush that game. Yeah. Oh, I, ten to seven now. Cranston on a chopper to third. Cal takes. Cal scores another one. <laughs> I, this is. I, and Eric Martinez is now going to the mound for his third save in four days. Nice. Yeah. Man. Eric Martinez is. Uh, I mean, man, talk about a secret weapon. You know, this is a guy who came at the end of last year, came out on a bases loaded situation, and got Cal out of it. Yep. Uh, against Texas A and M. That was huge. Oh, he is. You know what? He he seems like a he. he, You know, I've I've spent a lot of time with him. Very very soft spoken, very humble, very kind of unassuming, quiet kid. And you put him on the mound. He's Mariano Rivera. And he and he he said he threw the other night. uh, He threw all fastballs. And I was listening to the radio broadcast, and they were saying, "Wow, he got that guy to strike out on a slider." Nope. And I said, and I called Eric. I said, Eric, what did you throw? All fastballs. Two seams. Yeah. It was moving enough they thought it was a slider. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's impressive. That's something. That's some good stuff. Cal has – this is by far – and I've seen, you know, Alan Craig, Josh Satton, Brandon Bosch, Tyson Ross, Brandon Morrow. I've seen all of the, the major leaguers that Cal has currently in the bigs, you know, the and, and the guys that are in the minors, you know, uh, Tony Renda and Chad Christ and, and Eric Johnson – and I've seen some amazing players in my time covering Cal baseball. This team is by far, maybe not individually the most talented. But as a team. But this is the best college baseball team I have seen play at Evans Diamond. I mean, they are spectacular. And everything they hit is hard. <laughs> like You don't get weak contact out of these guys. Uh, and they're solid up the middle. Like the, the, the middle infield combo of Preston Grand Prix and Robbie Tenero, which is probably the best in the Pac-12, I would be hard-pressed to find a better second baseman that I've seen yeah. in play college baseball than Robbie Tenerowitz. And he's improved a lot at the plate, too. Yeah, he's hitting 230, which is, I guess, better 190. But, yeah, <laughs> um, 190. We'll, we'll take where you can get it. Uh, but Rob, and Robbie, boy, you know, when he goes up and there's a man on base, you're like, well, he's going to swing for the fences. And he does <laughs> every time, without hesitation. He tries to hit a five-run home run. Um, but 
That being said, uh, defensively, and, and, and David Esper has told me this, he's a game changer. And he's absolutely right. And Robbie, it, Robbie has saved, um, saved at least two runs the other night in the uh, 6-0 win with Ryan Mason on the bump. And it, the, the infield defense is great. And on, honestly, you know, you're losing Chris Paul, 11 home runs last year, yeah. uh, 40-some-odd RBIs. And uh, and his great defense at first, and also a six foot two, six foot three guy at first, uh, and you're putting five foot eight Brandon Farney there and hoping for the best. And Farney's not played bad first, um, it, 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 but there's a big difference between good first base and great first base. Oh, well, and there's a limit to how his catch radius. Right. Is. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, he's been pulled off the bag a few times, and there are a few balls I go, well, yeah, CP would have had that one. Um, you know, losing. Losing Lucas Erceg, who's a tremendous yes. talent, he's a major. He is he is a major league player. There's no doubt in my mind he's a major league he'll, ball he'll player. Do but he's you know he's an AIA uh, now an AIA school. Losing him was tough. But as soon as I heard that, I thought, well, it solves a problem. Honestly, you know that because Cranson obviously El Gaucho, his bat was so amazing down the stretch oh, and so amazing yes. in the playoffs, and oh, he's yes. and he's hitting well over 300 now. You don't want to lose that bat, and you also don't want to lose your switch-hitting, power-hitting catcher, Brett Cumberland, who's got three dingers on the year already. Uh, you don't want to lose him. So what do you do? Well, you know, Cranston, the only real position you could see him playing is third, or DH. Well, then Farney's going to have to play first. Play first. And, you know, so, and it also is partially helped by the fact that Devin Pearson has had a shoulder issue and has not been able to play the outfield. So you have Hallam Daris in left field. And then you have Farney at first, so that helps. Uh, when Pearson is able to come back, you know they'll have to play some musical chairs. And I think Farney will wind up playing, will wind up being DH. But at the same time, you know having Ursic gone did help in the sense that you can now have both Cumberland and Farney, both Cumberland and Cranston in the lineup. And you don't have a selection addition hit. by subtraction. Yeah. If you will. I mean, I hate to say it, but because you never want to lose that type of talent. Yeah, you don't want to lose. Yeah. But it. it Yes, it presents a problem because you're lacking that talent, but it solved another problem yeah. in, in in the sense that you now and, and no one if, if you give you give David Esker the choice of having of having Lucas Ersig or not, it'll take him not, you know ten times out of ten. Mm-hmm. But that certainly helped that kind of log jam, and we're seeing what Cal's able to do. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they came back; they were down seven to nothing. I drove here; Cal was down seven to nothing. <laughs> And I thought, that's it. I'll just, you know, I'll just write the story, whatever. They're going to get on the plane and go, and they're not going to be happy. And I won't talk to anybody. And now they're winning 11 to 7. <laughs> 11 now? With Eric Martinez on the mound. And Eric Martinez, by the way, is a perfect 3 for 3 in save opportunities. And he's, he's struck out damn near everybody. Oh, look, another strikeout. Oh, look, another strikeout. Well, what do you know? Two strikeouts here in the uh, in, in the bottom of the 11th. Oh, look, he just gave up a single. Still, the fact that and he, he's, he will have pitched in three times in four days. And he's still pitching. Heat. And he's still heat. And he's still just, I mean, this is a team that's so deep. The one weakness, I would say, and I love him, is Matt Ladresh. Uh, he's the one weak spot, I think, in the starting rotation. I personally would rather have Jeff Bain, who's freshman All-American, as well as Ladresh and, and, and Gumberland. Um, I would like to have Bain as that Sunday starter. And I think the more times we see Bain in these four-game series have you know six, seven-inning outings, striking out five or six, the more David Esther's going to be like, well, okay. Ah, crap. Let's... Selection time. Well, no, it's not. It's not a bad thing because then you move somebody to the bullpen. Uh-huh. As it stands, Bain hasn't been in the bullpen. 
But and I think his stuff profiles as a better reliever than Ladresh. Ladresh has stuff that works better as a starter, but I think Bain is the better starter. So we'll see how that plays out. Cal still has a few four game weekends. They got Texas Tech uh, coming up here uh, back at home while we're in Vegas for the back to tournament, which is give them some time to just have a bit of a competition between the two. Well, and I think that's good. And I think when you know then Alex Schick is going to come back at the end of March. He had a knee injury. Six foot six guy out of San Diego. Uh, just great downhill stuff. You know he, he's going to be a guy who comes back. Right now there, there's a little shallow in the bullpen. Because when you pitch Keaton Siemkin on back-to-back days or mm-hmm. two out of three games in a weekend, you know, you're kind of stretching yourself. As Dave Esker said, we're stretching ourselves in uncomfortable ways. And I really wanted to say that's what she said. <laughs> uh, and he said it twice. I'm like, Dave, listen to what you're saying <laughs> and think that I'm actually a 12-year-old at heart. This is really tough for me. Anyway, uh, so yeah, and when Martinez pitches, like I said, you know, he's pitching the third time in four days. You need to have a guy that you can stick in there in the, in the seventh or eighth or ninth, and uh, and right now they don't have it. And once Alex Schick gets back, I think they'll be uh, they'll be okay. But uh, but like I said, that, that that when you're nitpicking your last, your, you know, your fourth starter and your middle reliever, and those are the problems, that's a pretty good team. And even really, then it's nitpicking when you're talking about the third or fourth starter and. Yeah. And uh, and that because it really I mean you need to win two games in a weekend. Well, you have an amazing first rounder in Dalton Jeffries, mm-hmm. and you have a guy who is really upped. I think his profile in Ryan Mason is now throwing eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, whereas he had topped out at eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, and was really working on his change of speed and velocity, or change of speed and movement, and heavy and having a heavy fastball. Now he's throwing like an eighty two change and eighty nine fastball. When that change is working, it has a nice downward tumbling action. It's tough to hit, and he got ten strikeouts the other night. Every last one of them was swinging on changeup. So, yeah, if I remember correctly, was it last week? He had uh, six strikeouts in the first two innings mm-hmm. for Ryan Mason. Dear God, let's. Yeah, it's, it's, I think he struck out six of the first seven or seven of the first nine, something like that. Oh God. Yeah, so they're they're gonna be good. Um, and hey, you know, folks, there's only there's only one place that's gonna be getting you <laughs> gonna be getting you Cal baseball. I know you guys you guys do a little bit on it, but uh, yeah, it's all uh, you. That's all BearTerritory.net, folks. I, I've gone the entire like what hour without plugging it. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, BearTerritory.net. The Cal baseball is gonna be big this year. They're gonna make it to a regional, super regional, and hey, you know, cross your fingers, knock on wood, even Omaha. So. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're they're a good bunch, and I'm very excited about this team. And at some point soon, they're going to have uh, Gorsi at the bat come out, which is a video of me uh, taking the field <laughs> with Cal Baseball uh, for a practice. Very nice. The problem is they only filmed for like the first hour, and they didn't have me mic'd up. They had Cel- they had Brian Celsi mic'd up because they only had one mic because <laughs> well, it's Cal, no, and they were going to have two, but somebody took the other one. Is in disarray right now up there. I can speak to that as someone who used to be in video up there, but. <laughs> Every other sport that has their video done that's not football is yeah. a complete mess. Well, hopefully that'll come out. I do have some of the extra footage that was taken by an iPhone from uh, from Cal's <laughs> media relations guy, uh, including the batting practice rounds where I actually hit things. Uh, the the one batting practice round that they filmed was when Brad Sanfilippo was pitching batting practice said, "Hey, uh, you want to do situational stuff or you want to swing away?" I'm like, "Let's do situational <laughs> stuff. I can do situational <laughs> stuff." <laughs> Thinking to myself, I have never intentionally hit a ground ball the other way, and I did not. I continue to not have had ever done that. Um, but 
the first round, they threw up and behind my head, which I was kind of expecting. Like, I think they were expecting me to, like, flail and scream. And I'm like, oh, that's it? That's all you're doing? All right, cool. I'm all right. I thought they were going to dot me in the back, which I would have also been okay with. Um, but I wasn't wearing a helmet, so I don't think they wanted to throw that that, that, uh, that high and tight. Um, but yeah, it, it was an absolute blast. And it, for I, I was, you know, the, the other two hours of practice after they, and there we go, foul out, and that does it. Cal wins four game set, four yeah. game sweep Dear of number God. 23, in Texas. Texas. In Texas at Dish Falk Field. Sweeps Texas for the first, uh, for the first time ever. We can't lose in Texas this year. No. I, we can't. Much like Bobby Hurley can't beat Cal, we can't lose in Texas. <laughs> so, uh, so good things there. And the great thing is, I I, I ran hard to first base, uh, at, you know, busting it out of the box on live ground balls, and I didn't tear anything oh, yeah. or break anything. There it is. Or pull anything. Yeah. I didn't pull anything, and, and you can hear on the video me screaming in the background. I didn't pull anything. Yay! And then there's a close up on me with my arms in the air. Um, <laughs> I'm just so happy that I I ran full. I was it was full out. And I didn't blow, tear, break, pull anything. It's the small victories. Oh, man, it was great. It, and then it, uh, at one point, I beat one out. <laughs> I beat out a grounder to first. <laughs> Where's the oxygen? <laughs> oh, my heart was going a mile a minute. They had me take ba- uh, ground balls a second. Oh, and I haven't taken ground balls a second in like 18 years. And I was a catcher. And, and <laughs> taking these ground balls, I don't catch a single one of them. But I keep them all in front of me. Yeah. Like it's all off the ankles, off the off the shins, off the off, off the, the thighs, chest. off the yeah. chest. It's yeah. like the scene in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Where he's in the back. It really is. It was exactly that. I just kept everything in front of me, and the guys were like, "Wow, you bodied up a lot of balls." I'm like, "I'm a catcher. That's what I do. I'm not supposed to catch them. Just keep them in front of me." And then we were doing a drill where they uh, they did uh, uh, relays in from the outfield, you know, cut four, cut uh-huh. four, all that stuff. And, and I and all the other catchers are in their gear, like, and I, I'm just me in a ball cap and stirrups, going, "All right, let's <laughs> do, let's do this, <laughs> let's rock and roll." And I get in front of them, I block them, and I <laughs> make some tags in the plate. And everyone just looks at me like, what "You crazy? What what is you crazy bastard?" <laughs> It just feeling honestly getting hit and feeling contact was oh man and it's refreshing yeah oh it felt great and I was walking around like the you know, the camera left and I stayed there for the next two hours just I did a little circuit around the outfield just because they're you know during batting practice they cluster yeah yeah the pitchers will cluster in the outfield so I just went from group to group to group and everyone's asking me about recruiting and <laughs> 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 so are we gonna win are we gonna get this guy oh, well we'll see uh, and and because so, and, they, they all read they all read bear territory yeah, which yeah, is yeah. awesome um, and uh, <laughs> so we're, I'm making the rounds in the outfield and 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 I'm just I'm I'm the old guy going guy listen <laughs> when Enjoy this while you get it. Enjoy this while you get it, because once it's gone, it's gone, and yep. you are going to miss it so much. Because I, I did not want to leave. I was literally the last guy off the field. I did not want to leave. I think that was the most case. Like as soon as you get out of college, right? I mean, you had IMs like to kind of yeah. manage that in college, but then after that, organized sports just something that's just well, especially so hard to come by, especially in, in our line of work. You know, as as a reporter, you know, like I said, you know, hey, I'm about to go on a date. <laughs> Uh, at three, so I gotta actually get out of here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm about to go on a date, and and like this great game is happening right now, and and you, you, you life kind of you, yeah. life kind of has to take a back seat sometimes. So it's uh, it's tough to be able to go out there and play play ball two or three times a week when you have to. <laughs> well, oh crap, a guy committed, but you're on second. <laughs> Screw it. 
Let me uh, let me ask you this question just to wrap up our little yeah. baseball swing right here. With with the with most of our team coming back from last year, with our heartbreaking series loss at uh, regionals against Texas A and M last season, is that is that chip on their shoulder for this team that much bigger as the season progresses? Does oh yeah, it, like as it gets closer to World Series time. Is it is it just fresh in their minds? Remember last year? Remember what we could have done? Remember how we could have advanced and gotten farther? Mm-hmm. Is is that what's pushing them this season to be this good? They were so close. They were really close. They uh, arguably were one or two managerial decisions away. <laughs> um, and this team very much knows where it stands and where it stood and where it could. And I think this team, this team's special. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of special teams in my time as a reporter, not just a cow, but you know, all over the place. I've seen a lot of special teams, you know. And this team, this team has a sense of um, confidence about it, a sense of destiny about it, uh, in a sense that they kind of understand we're supposed to be good, so let's be good. <laughs> Uh, or, or poor, perhaps more appropriately, we're supposed to be good. Let's be great. Yeah. And you know everybody. You know this is a t- team was pegged in three out of the six preseason polls a top ten team. Yep. So, like I said, they're supposed to be good. And now it's holy. It. Not only did they just, did, they, <laughs> did they take three or four in Texas, they came back from down seven to nothing to beat number twenty three Texas eleven to seven. That's like I said. That's not good. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys ever get the chance to uh, come uh, see these boys play in Evans Diamond, it's it's fun. It's fun being out there. Um, so. Wear sunscreen or bring a coat. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's a day game, bring sunscreen. If it's a night game, bring like four blankets. Um, but yeah, other than that, that wraps it up for us here. Um, you know, you know where to get at me and Trace uh, at Golden. At Golden Blocks, CaliforniaGoldenBlocks.com or CGBBearCast at gmail.com. Our Twitter handles. You know our Twitter handles all the time. Ryan, once again, where can people find you? Uh, BearTerritory.net, part of Scout.com. Brand new message board. Uh, We've renovated the entire site. If you haven't been on on the site in a few years, brand new technology. We are, I mean, hey, other than Golden Blocks, we're the best looking site out there, I think, uh, as far as, and we have our our national leading a cadre of recruiting experts. Brandon Huffman is back on, yeah. back on, back on, back on the job after it's after dealing tough, with uh, tough, with his daughter Avery uh, had DIPG, uh, it's an inoperable brain tumor, and she mm-hmm. passed away recently. And he is uh, he's back on the job now, um, and he is just as good as ever, he just is. as he's just really as uh, as intent as, on being the best as ever as are we all at Scout.com. And you know we have Greg Biggins. Uh, whether you like him or not, Greg is one of the hardest working <laughs> guys out there. Absolutely, uh, and I, I, lo- I love the guy. He's so full of energy, and he really does this twenty four seven, like we all do. Again, you know, great crew of recruiting analysts: Josh Gershon, Evan Daniels, and Brian Snow. Oh, yeah. Obviously, on basketball, and they great have stuff. everything. They were the only team that was able to get Jalen Brown uh, when he committed last year. And of course, hey, I was out. Of, I was I was out of Ivan Rab's commitment ceremony <laughs> shortly before that. Nice. So. Uh, yeah, we, we have we have a national crew. We're doing great stuff with the NFL draft and great stuff with the combine. And hey, uh, one last plug: if you join BearTerritory.net, it's ten, ten bucks a month. Uh, Scout.com is ten bucks a month. 
uh, and you you get automatically ten percent off of all ticket purchases that you make through Scout. Yep. And you can and that's not just sporting or sporting events. It's uh, it's concerts. So you know, uh, Rob, you can go to that share concert you always wanted to go uh, to. Yeah, of course. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and and Trace Taylor Swift, uh, you can get the discount. Man, why yep. does he get Taylor Swift and I get share? Because I've made several references to Taylor Swift whenever I do the live. And and so, well, hey, it's Jared Goff's favorite artist, and hey, I love Taylor Swift, so I'm I'm Team Tay Tay. Uh, Anyway, uh, so uh, so if you get a Bear Territory membership and buy a hundred dollars worth of tickets in a month, guess what? Your membership just paid for itself. So uh, so lots of great stuff going on at Scout. We have lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, Some other sites that are going to be coming over also very soon in the Pac-12. So we will have full West Coast dominance uh, in Scout.com. So I'm very excited. Sweet. And we can always get at you on Twitter at... At RG Bear Territory. God help me. (laughs) (laughs) The God help me is not part of the handle. The God help me is not part of the handle. It's just understood. It's like the royal we. No. Yeah. But if you do follow all of us on Twitter, uh, you'll see uh, us bantering... Nice words at each other. Most of the time. <laughs> most, the of the, most of the time. Our words are better than... Our, our words are good words. Yeah. They're some of the best words. In fact, they're great words. Exactly. They're the best words. There we go. Oh, I know words. Oh, man. All right. Well, that wraps it up uh, for us here. Um, and just, uh, yeah, please rate us. Listen to us. Listen to his uh, Bear Republic podcast as well. And we will see you, hear you guys next week. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You knew it! What?